Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. Who's so glad that the cries has woke the master? So much truth to that. Today, if you will, turn with me today to Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13. While you're turning there this morning, this, a couple of days ago, like, I think it was Wednesday morning, I was up early before, before work and I was praying and something, God did something, he spoke to me before in prayer, I mean, I'm not saying that, but today, Wednesday morning was something different. While I was praying about this service, God carried me to this scripture and he's carried me before to like a scripture as far as I knew where the scripture is and then I had to look it up to find where it was at. But he, he just told me to go to Jeremiah chapter 2. And that's the first time God had ever really dealt with me about a scripture like this. And so I had to go get my Bible and look up Jeremiah chapter 2 and read the chapter. And I read the whole chapter. But so I knew God was speaking to me something. So as I studied this to, throughout the rest of the week, you know, God gave me something. And I just couldn't figure out why until Brother Rayleigh started speaking today. And during his message, God confirmed what he was wanting me to say. Today, something, the thought I wanted to share today, you know, maybe come a little across, when I wanted to come across with the same love that I have. That it's not something that's being condemnation towards someone, but I want it to come from, because I'm speaking to myself today. If nobody else is in here, this is for, I know it's for me, because God spoke to me, and I believe that it's for someone else here today. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of the living waters, and who hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. If you will join me in prayer today, God will anoint me today to share what I have on my heart. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to move upon this vessel. Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to me today, Lord. Lord, as I speak to this, this congregation, Lord Jesus, I ask you to minister through me today. Lord, let the Holy Ghost flow, Lord Jesus, through me. I ask you to pour out your spirit upon this, this congregation. Lord Jesus, I ask you to anoint each one here today that this word will be spoken into their hearts today. Lord Jesus, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch and anoint us today. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today I want to talk to us for a few minutes about the broken cistern. Jeremiah was commanded here in chapter 2, I believe it was one of his first commandments after he was ordained as a minister, but he, was, he had a sermon to go and tell Jerusalem. He was commanded to give, the command was given to Jeremiah to go and carry a message from God to Jerusalem. He was charged to go and to speak to them. Here he was, he was, he was charged to go and speak to this, this one message to them. He was to cry aloud that all may hear and that none may plead ignorance. He says, go close to them and cry in the ears of those that have stopped their ears. 
Today I believe God, he was what he was telling him to is go and cry this message to them because they have turned away from, from me. Go cry to them the message. Go cry to them loud enough. The ones that have stopped their ears. The ones that does not want to hear this no more. I believe there was people that didn't want to hear this message. That he had to speak. And I believe the, the, the drive was to go to them and cry out with a loud voice. To the, even the ones that didn't want to hear. To give them one more last chance. The message he was commanded to deliver. He must abrade. Or scold, or scold severely them that were forsaking a God who had been so kind to the, them that this might either make them ashamed and to bring them back to repentance or might justify God in turning his hand against them. That is a, that is a message I believe God is bringing to us today. I believe he's wanting to send us a message to us today. That's when we, the ones that have turned their backs on him. I want him to speak a message so strong to them today that they'll either be ashamed because of the goodness he's gave us and turn to repentance or that message will be a justified God of his turning his hand against us. Thus the beginning, most of them beginning was well and their promise was fair. They started out good on the journey, but not to perform and to preserve. We'll justify the hopeful and promising of beginnings. Sometimes in our life we start out start out good. You know, we, we, we get a blessing at a conference or we start we kind of restart, we get restarts and we go in good. But before long we allow things to creep into our life. God remembered the kindness of their youth, and I believe He remembers the kindness of what what our youth or our youth and our men our, our walk with him sometimes you know that says youth we, sometimes we just think about the first two rows here but sometimes that youth may be just in our youth and our experience or the, the, the zeal that we had from the beginning I believe that's what he's wanting to say here is, is that zeal that we had at one time where we was reaching we was hanging on the chandeliers and we was when we had that fresh anointing in our life we was, we was allowed it to change our life but we long we fall back into the same old rut. The buds and blooms that never came to perfection. And it is good for us to remember them that we may remember whence we have fallen and turned, return and, and return to our first love. Revelations two and four says, Nevertheless I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. The problem that Jeremiah was addressing was idolatry. I swear, in my studying this week, I said, I, I realize he's, he's, he's addressing the spirit of idolatry, chasing after false gods, the replacing of gods in their lives. Jeremiah called God's people to return to the true God and to abandon their spirit of idolatry. When I read these first scriptures, I first thought, I says, what does this have to do with us today? We don't, we don't worship, you know, as you think of idolatry, you think of worshiping some wooden statue or some stone statue. And I said, we don't worship these, these monuments or these statues. So as I first looked at it, I was like, well, how, what is this scripture? How is it good to us today? But when you define the way, when you, what, is, what is idolatry? After all, but putting something else 
in God's place. When you define it that way, we see idolatry all around us. What are our idols? What are things that we put in our life? I asked, I asked this question this way. What is more important to me than God? When things become more important than God, these things become idols. And we find them many, many places around our lives. At what point does these idols become idolatry? When does it become that we worship these things? It becomes idolatry when we begin to believe on more strongly on these things than we do on the power of God. When we put something other than God on God's throne, that's when it becomes idolatry. So a lot of things, you know, when we look at idolatry, we think of worshiping, we worshiping Satan, or we think about worshiping you know, evil. But sometimes things that we just put in place of God. Some of these things that Brother Ray talked about, it's going to cost us some things. But some of these things we allow to creep back into our life becomes idols in our life. Today I call you to love God and to put him first place in your life. It isn't easy because other things always pull at our heartstrings and pulls us in different directions. But God is his great love. will give us everything we need if we first give him our hearts. Give him your heart first, first place today. Back to our text this morning, back to my title, kind of, what is a cistern? You know, that's what you, you see that word and you wonder kind of, you know, what that word is. When we was in Guatemala, they started talking about these cisterns and water things and there's, what a cistern in, in third world countries are na- nowadays is a water tank, a plastic tank or something like that they put up on a pedestal or something up on a tower to where they catch rainwater, they catch, store their water to supply their home for a living, for their life, for this life standing. It's what survives life is because they have to have water. And in the days of the Bible times, they had dug, they, what they did is they dug out a hole in the ground to catch rainwater. Because when water was, was, was scarce, you had to have a way of keeping water. And that's what a cistern was. So our question should be, what are, you know, the Bible talks about having cracked cisterns, having cisterns that would not hold water. And that's what we apply to our life sometimes. We apply these, these things to our life because God says broken cisterns. Cisterns that won't hold water. And that's what happens when we allow things in our life to come into our life and replace God. It becomes things in our life that will not withhold water. It will not hold, you know, resist the things of this world. It just becomes just another thing in our life. What do we spend the majority of our time focusing on? That is actually does not hold much weight compared to God. What do we allow to seep into our lives that, that then manifests itself into an idol or a God? What do we put before God in our life? And I thought about that question myself. I said, what do I put before God? And, and my first thought was, I don't put nothing before God. God, you know, in my mind, I said, God is everything. And then I got to thinking about us as thinking about services. As when preachers come behind this pulpit, our pastor and many more anointed ministers comes behind this pulpit and preaches word, I had to ask myself, what do I put before God? 
when I sit on the pew and the minister standing behind this pulpit and he's preaching his heart out and he's, he's reaching for my soul. Speaking from God, speaking through him to me. And I sit there and, I, and I'm being transparent today. I'm talking about myself so I'm not talking about nobody else but I'm talking about myself. But I sit there and I allow things in my mind to creep up. What am I gonna do tomorrow or what I gotta do later on tonight or today? And I sit there and get past that moment when God is speaking, trying to speak to my heart. What that, that thing that I was thinking about becomes my idol because I've put it in place of God. When I don't respond to the scripture, when I don't respond to the word that's been brought forth, that whatever I'm get my mind tied up because that devil, I've sat most all my life in this church and I've heard message after message and countless times of amounts of messages I've heard spoke and I'm sad to say today and I've said this before publicly, I've sat there with other things on my mind and allowed anointed messages to flow right by me and I put other things in front of God in front of God's word. When you put things in front of God's word and don't, don't react to what he sends, what he says, we're putting things before God. Perhaps just some of these things is just like a new job or a job in our life. At first we think for the first month or two, we, you know, we gotta put everything in it. You know, we've gotta make up a hard work to make up for the learning curve or we may have to think, you know, we gotta make, prove a point or we, we, so in a new job, sometimes we realize we're working long hours and we're all accustomed to working long hours and that's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes in our life that we allow just our job, we can allow it to become our idol. When we allow it to overcome our life, and when we, we, we continue to work and spend, and, and instead of spending time with our family and spending time with God, it becomes an idol in our life. A job isn't a very important thing for us, but it becomes a crack pot when it consumes your life. When it becomes something that's greater than God. When you actually, and, I, and I've done this myself, thinking about what I needed to do and, and, and on my job the next day and sat through messages. And when the, the, the minister and when God was drawing from my heart, I allowed that job, the, the duties of that job to overcome my, my, and, and me resist the, the presence of God. It becomes to, to you know it becomes my crack pot. It becomes uh, idle in my life. This leads me to my next question: Where is God? Where is God in my life? Where is God in this place? Where is God in the midst of our routines? Where is God in our families? Where is God in our workplaces? Where is God in our lives? Where's God in our church lives, in our beings, in our souls, and in our hearts? Where is God when we wake up? Where is God when we lay down to go to sleep? Where is God in my desires? Where is God in me? Jeremiah preached to Jerusalem. He preached a time and time again. He preached return, turn back to God. And for each of us here, some, some way, shape, or form, that's what we have to do is we not to turn back to God. And the best way to return 
to him is ask yourself these two questions. The first one is, what is getting in the way of centering my life on God? Today, what is, what is in my life today that's keeping me from being God, being my whole, being everything? What in my life is keeping me from walking the walk and doing what God called me to do? Because each one of us here today is called, has a calling on their life. You may not stand behind a pulpit. You may not, may not never sing a song. But God has called us for one thing. He's called us to be prayer warriors. He's called us to reach lost souls. What is in my life that's keeping me from doing these two things? Whatever we allow to get in our life that keeps us from reaching lost souls and seeing God's work go forward, it can become an idol in our life. The second thing is, where, God, where is God in my life? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. So, so, so many people in the world we live in, is, you know, we, we, everybody, everybody's a Christian. Everybody says God is first. And, you know, and even on our, on, our, on, our, on our money and, you know, dollar bills, it says, in God we trust. But do we really know where God is in our life? Today, I... I I'm just want to share this thought today because I didn't want to, Brother Rayleigh's message preached so hard, and I know this is kind of on the same line of on what he was speaking. But today, I just want to say that you know, this life costs us. You know, it costs us to walk this way. There's things in our life that we have to change. There's things that we got to turn back to God. Today, as we stand today, I want to ask us today to search our deepest part of our heart. I want to ask just each one of us today because we know what, what, what is our idols. What is, what is coming between us and God? What is becoming between us and responding to his, his move when he moves in this house? Have we allowed, allowed things to creep into our life? Have we allowed some of this? It could be something small. But if there's something in your life today, it don't matter how small it is, if it's keeping you from being what God wants you to be, if it's keeping you from responding to His move, it's going to matter a lot on the day of judgment. Right now, we look at it, it may seem like it's nothing. Oh, this is, this is, it ain't, it's not a sin. It may just be something that, you know, that, that, that's a good thing. Maybe even something involving the church ministry but it's, if it's getting between you and your relationship with God and be able to respond to when he moves in your life when he calls your presence it's going to send you to hell it's going to become an idol in your life so today as they, as they play and they start to sing I want us, each one of us to search our hearts today because I believe as Jeremiah was sent as a warning to Jerusalem for them to turn back to God I believe God is wanting to send us a warning that whatever's in our hearts whatever small intimate little thing it might be we need to get, get, take care of it and turn back to completely back to Him so today as they sing I want us to search our hearts I'm opening the altars today if you have something in your heart that is separating you from God Come lay it on the altar today. 
Because God, that's the place where God made for us to lay. Come lay it on the altar today. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.